I remember vividly while we were having lunch I get a call from Dr Rohit and he says we are positive I can't tell you how I felt we immediately rushed back to him but there also he gave me a reality check you go to a cardiologist if you have a heart problem you go to a gastroenterologist if you have a stomach problem so why can't you go to a reproductive specialist if you have a gynecological problem you know as in you can't conceive what is there that is so shameful about it please do tell us little bit about your ivf journey and how did you manage both work and life and let me tell you i worked till the night before the morning i delivered There are many myths about IVF that you may not have normal children. What would be your message for people who are just starting out their journey? Then finding the right place and the right physician is very crucial. Welcome to another episode of Fertility Tales powered by Nova IVF. I am your host Simrat and today we have a very special guest with us. somebody who has gone through the IVF journey herself and knows what it takes physically mentally and emotionally ipshita who comes from a background of advertising will share her heartfelt story with us today ipshita it's a pleasure to have you with us thank you simrat the pleasure is all mine ipshita i wanted to know how did you explore the option of IVF so conventionally i had a late marriage what we know in indian standards as a late marriage to be mm-hmm. so i got married when i was 30 and my husband and i had just started a startup so for the initial 2 or 3 years we didn't even think about getting pregnant right. when we started our journey to conceive naturally is when we realized that we were just not getting pregnant even though we timed ourselves our ovulation our lives and our work around it for a year we kept trying to conceive naturally mm-hmm. and we reached a dead end so that's when i started doing my research to see how assisted pregnancy could help me okay and when you say research what all did you look at what all how did you go about doing this research that's a very uh, pertinent question simrat because when you research an ivf clinic or an ivf specialist there are two things that i think everyone should look up one is the physician shouldn't give you false hope and that itself comes out in patient blogs and testimonials mm-hmm. and secondly no unnecessary tests are performed on you because ivf can be a radical ride but at the end of the day it's not that harrowing so i started looking up patient blogs i started reading testimonials and believe me in calcutta there are lot many ivf specialists you can go to mm-hmm. so two things talk out about Dr Rohit Gudgutia one is that he never gives you false hope and secondly he doesn't make you do unnecessary tests and every patient had the same one thing to say that he was more a friend than a doctor that's when i zeroed in on him that really helps to make a decision absolutely in your ivf journey absolutely and could you describe your ivf journey in a nutshell for us yeah so when i had zeroed in on him uh, virtually Then I remembered seeing posts of my friend from school Bali Sangvi and I knew that she worked for him. So for me it was actually very easy to get an appointment and the next day I was sitting with him at his chamber with my husband. He very painstakingly explained the entire journey to us but he didn't make it sound threatening or harrowing. You know he said it's a natural journey of progression and that it's not rocket science. One thing I want to tell everyone who goes through IVF is IVF is not rocket science. Be prepared to wait, be prepared to hope, 
do your own exercises that stimulate you keep you happy because if you're happy you'll get pregnant that's a very good insight for the listeners who are embarking on this journey so ipshita after trying one year to conceive naturally you decided to take infertility treatment how did you go about that so uh, similar basically the first step was to even understand what i needed that's when infertility treatment assisted reproduction struck me i then started educating myself on becoming aware with the concept of infertility treatment what was it what did it entail how do people go about it what are the financial implications mm-hmm. there is so much to ivf that you need to know before you actually start zeroing in on who or where you have to go so first i started educating myself and you know about 7 8 years back there was no plethora of resources there are many more now on youtube links and on google on doctor reviews on practo and librate but at that time it was very rare so you really need to do a needle hunt to find out more about ivf and infertility that's how i started educating myself and then i zeroed in on four or five ivf clinics and let me tell you at that time in calcutta there weren't so many mm-hmm. now there are much more clinics have mushroomed everywhere so it's more difficult now to see who's the best but then i zeroed in on four to five doctors and finally i zeroed in on my practitioner and what all resources did you look at so i the main resource that helped me simrat was patient reviews and blogs mm-hmm. and testimonials because hearing from the horse's mouth makes a world of difference rather than a physician saying i'm the best when the patient says this doctor is the best that's when you know so that's what i started doing i read multiple informative blogs and reviews of doctors all right so educating yourself is also very important very very and important. how did you zero down in on your fertility consultant so among the reviews i read of various doctors of the four five doctors i had zeroed in on one thing stuck out at me about dr rohit gudgutia was that he never gave you false hope and he never made you do unnecessary tests when a patient says this about a doctor a patient who's had success on her ivf journey with him i think it means a lot so that's when i thought that i wanted to go ahead on my infertility journey with dr gudgutia That's very insightful Ipshita. So do tell me when you started out in your IVF journey what were the challenges and how did you cope up with them? First as I said was getting to know the whole process. Once that was done and I had read up links and resources on the net whatever little I could find the next challenge were the various concerns for a working woman that arise. Being a working woman I had to balance work and life and then my clinical uh treatment process so in that i there you know there are injections that need to be taken there are procedures that need to be done there are uh, treatments that need to be done at the clinic you have to go and get it done so for this i needed to give time now as i told you i had just started a startup with my husband and it also needed my time so the first concern was completely understanding how as a working woman i would be able to go and go through this journey of ivf then of course for the financial implications because we both had just started out we also had that as a concern so once i, I even you know started reading up on what could be the financial implications how many times would i need to go in a week but you know every case is different 
unless I went to the practitioner and he gave me a routine, I would never be able to find out how many times would I need to go, how many treatments would I need to do, what is it IUI for me, is it IVF? We'll come to what an IUI and IVF is in the course of our discussion, but every case is unique. So there is no one standard protocol for every patient. I see you've thoroughly educated yourself with all the differentiations in the terminology. <laughs> Could you take us through a typical cycle that you underwent? Uh, IVF? Yes. Okay. So, uh, IVF initially starts with a scan to check your womb is okay. And uh, the first 10 days, you need to go to this clinic to take shots, medis medicines that basically stimulate egg development. Mm -hmm. So normally in one menstrual cycle, we produce an egg. Each woman produces one egg. Here, they are stimulating your ovaries to produce more than one egg. But there are different outcomes for different patients. So I used to go for 10 days to the clinic to get my shots. I typically went on working because you have to work. You just can't stop everything and sit at home. It's not that it's going to help you conceive. So the more you work, as I keep on saying, the more happy you'll be and the more distracted you'll be from this one protocol you're going through, you know. So after 10 days, in between, the physician keeps scanning you, does an ultrasound to see that you're okay, your eggs are developing properly. And then on the 11th, different clinics have different days for pickup. Between the 11th and the 13th day, they pick up your eggs. So they clinically harvest the eggs from your ovary, then the eggs are taken to the lab to do the process of fertilization with your husband's sperms and then they are transferred, the embryos. Now different people develop different number of embryos. All eggs necessarily don't produce embryos. All sperms necessarily don't help fertilize an egg. So different women have different outcomes. Different women have different number of embryos that are formed. Now that is another very tense moment when you're, you know, you're thinking that uh, how many eggs have will be uh, taken out? How many embryos will they help it develop? You could have 30 eggs, but they could lead to just two embryos, you know. And that is okay. It's perfectly normal. There's nothing wrong with that. It's okay. You've succeeded. You have an embryo, right? And then um, after that, the embryos are picked up in a catheter and they are inserted back into your body. It's called the transfer process. And then it's transferred back to your... It's transferred back into my womb the fertilized embryo and then there's a 15 day wait where you bite your nails and you have to go and give your bloods to know whether you're pregnant or not. That 15 day gestation period is for the embryo to implant itself in the lining of your womb. Once it has implanted itself, you can be sure it will grow. Normally, normally you can be sure it will grow but those 15 days are so harrowing very crucial yeah because at one point you're elated that you have embryos you're very happy that they are back inside you you're waiting for them to you know become part of your journey and we want to meet them and yet you may just go and have a negative outcome but all of this is perfectly normal I can say it with such uh, conviction because I've been through it. It's not that I got success at the first shot, you know. So be prepared if it fails. It'll happen again. You'll do it again. It'll happen. Um, do also explain the challenges when it came to the emotions and the support system that you had. Um, how, did you, how did your clinic support you? How did your doctor support you? So the first support has to start at home, Simrat. Once you have a supportive family and a supportive partner, then the sky is the limit. 
of course you need a doctor who also supports you and in my case i was very lucky that i had a friend more than a doctor which also his other patients say about him but firstly it has to start at home once the home ground is clear and people understand what you're embarking upon and your partner or yourself you have understood that ivf is not a taboo as we in india t- tend to think it's a social stigma for many how can i reach out for help should i tell others that i'm reaching out for help ivf is a very natural outcome of wanting to conceive not being able to conceive is not a disease or it's a disease like any other disease yeah. you go to a cardiologist if you have a heart problem you go to a gastroenterologist if you have a stomach problem so why can't you go to a reproductive specialist if you have a gynecological problem you know as in you can't conceive what is there that is so shameful about it first we need to overcome that first barrier of busting that social myth that it is a taboo and what will people say and what will people say what will people say when i have kidney failure i don't find anything wrong in going to your nephrologist right. then why should i not go to an ivf practitioner that's that's a very important thought there yeah. ipshita uh, coming back to your ivf journey yeah. and the various hurdles that you had to face please do spend some time in telling us your treatment schedule and what all did it entail so uh, firstly when i went to dr rohit and met him at his chamber the first day went in him explaining to us in layman's terms what this journey would mean even he didn't know what the what was the protocol that he would follow he just sketched out for us like a delhi junction and a bombay junction and how these two as an x and a y would come together to make this a success so uh, we first understood that from him then the journey started very slowly it started with wanting to make cards at home being happy spending more time with my husband and trying to conceive naturally with just minimum medication when that of course didn't happen because we had issues both my partner and i that is when dr rohit started me on iuis once the iuis failed because i had an endometriosis problem and my husband had a sperm count issue that's when he told us that ivf was our only way that we would try and conceive if you're managing your work life and treatment can be quite the balancing act yeah. uh, please do tell us little bit about your ivf journey and how did you manage both work and life so uh, samrat the ivf journey once i knew that i had to do ivf uh, the journey was not all milk and honey you know not a bed of roses yeah yeah so but the doctor asked us to trust in him to trust the process not to just trust him blindly but to trust the process and that's what i did you know in ivf hope begets hope so that is one thing you should never leave so the first cycle wasn't a success it was a failure of course i felt set aback of course my husband felt crestfallen but we didn't give up because ivf doesn't happen at the click of a button we knew that we had to keep on trying If you really really want to become a parent I think this is nothing to do. So then we did the second cycle and that's when it worked and that's when I got a beta positive HCG. Such a heartfelt uh, uh, revelation into mm-hmm. your IVF journey. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the role of the family here? Humongous. The role of the family is the primary element that will see you sail through. 
you know in india especially there's this taboo about ivf there are times when your family doesn't support you when you know when i used to go for my scans and my uh, shots i would see a lot of women sitting alone in the reception area waiting for their turn to come and some of them didn't look so happy without passing a judgment i'd like to say my husband never left my side even for a single scan i think it's very important that all partners whether the man is going through the process or the woman should be by their side it it makes a huge world of difference it also lets you take failure it makes failure palatable you know when you know you're in it together being together is very important coming to family i think all families should also be educated about what a member or two members in your family are going through you know it's very very important that that minimal awareness maybe you do counseling maybe you do workshops at the clinic get them there for a day let them go through the process and just understand that what a member or two members of a family are putting their minds and bodies through yeah it is a time consuming and a very, very emotionally turmoil process it is very and awareness is so crucial very very crucial and you're very right when you say it's emotionally turbulent because yes there are troughs and there are highs and there are lows and you don't know what the next day what you'll feel the next day till you become positive and you know on the hindsight a lot of people don't even get positive they may go through cycles and not conceive even you have to be prepared for even that you have to be a realist you can't be too optimistic you can't be too pessimistic you have to be a realist when you do ivf it's that balance that you have to strike that beautiful you have spot. to strike that balance and you need the support of your family i was very lucky to have very supportive parents and in-laws and a wonderful wonderful partner ipshita you have undergone more than one cycles and the outcome was not positive how did you deal with that failure how did you manage that so um, <clears throat> at the onset when dr rohit had explained to me he had asked me and my husband to be prepared for failure ivf normally has a 30 40 chance percent chance of failure so of course we were prepared emotionally but nothing prepares you for a failure like failure does right so uh, when my first cycle failed and i got a negative beta hcg of course i felt crestfallen i didn't want to go back and do my uh, treatment an- anymore my husband was the only one who told me that i should i trusted in the process i trusted in the doctor because he kept on telling me that you know you will not have success at the click of a button but he asked me to take a break he asked me to go on a holiday he asked me to make cards sitting at home he asked me to listen to music anything that was therapeutic for me and would make me happy and he also asked me not to stop working because that would keep my mind off that failure right. you know and even the hospital helped me a lot you know because they have psychological counselors mm-hmm. we went through very uh, a tedium of uh, counseling and it really helped to revive our hopes it helped to enable us to understand and trust in the physician again it's not that i had stopped trusting in him i had lost faith in myself maybe i wasn't being able to conceive you know but that is not it the failure doesn't lie with you or your doctor it's going to happen you have to keep at it it will happen and then we went back and uh, then we had a beta hcg positive in successful cycles and how was that reaction like what did it feel like when you had that positive outcome oh it's uh, surreal i i still have goose flesh talking about it i so i must mention that at nova people really treat you like family you know so 
normally uh, a cold call could come to you when you have a negative result and from a front desk uh, manager or from a junior doctor but here your main clinician dr rohit would call me and it would always be after his clinic closed and i would feel the pathos and he would say we have failed he would never say you have failed or your results are negative he would say we have failed he took as much hit psychologically as we did he emotionally he was with us you know it was three of us walking down a path it was never the two of us it was three of us holding hands and walking down a path so and even the day i remember vividly in the morning we went to give our bloods and that was the only time i didn't talk to anyone because everyone over there urges you to keep up the hope and every time it had failed so i didn't want to listen to anything from anyone and my doctor who was my biggest trusted friend he was busy i didn't want to meet him also and we came and while we were having lunch i get a call from dr rohit and he says we are positive oh. i can't tell you how i felt we immediately rushed back to him but there also he gave me a reality check you know he told us that let me be the party pooper yes we are positive yes you're pregnant but there are a lot many things that you should do and a lot many things you shouldn't do don't get overtly bothered about putting your feet up being on bed rest all these are myths just listen to what your gynec tells you just do according to that and let me tell you i've worked till the night before the morning i delivered so it's not that you have to put your feet up with ivf you can't do normal work you can't resume normal duties you can't look after somebody you can't be a caregiver you can be all of those and still go through ivf and still have a baby that's really insightful for someone who has gone through that journey yeah. so when you embarked on this journey how did you and your husband plan for it so uh, similar it, it is a three pronged approach to planning there's an emotional planning firstly let me tell you even if you try to plan you can't emotionally prepare yourself for what you're going to go through right so maybe talking to your partner a little bit more getting him or her to support you understand you trust you before even you trust the process getting that to happen works wonders physically of course both of you have to be in the best of health and if not then the doctor of course medicates you accordingly but one of the main uh plannings for ivf is financial planning so my husband and i we were determined to make this happen so of course we took a hit in some cases we allocated our resources we tried understanding through counseling sessions what could be the cost implications of the treatment and we planned our budget and our resources accordingly i'm not saying that uh, ivf is cheap i'm also not saying it's super expenses i'm just saying that if you want to do this there are other things you can cut down in life and allocate your resources in wanting to have a baby so when did you finally conceive and what was the journey like post conception so <clears throat> the second last cycle where i failed where my uh, outcomes were negative was the cycle that i wanted to stop I wrote a very long emotional email to my doctor and I told him I thanked him for being with me my husband was on a trek at that time when I got my beta hcg result that was the only time he wasn't there with me he had to leave and I asked for an appointment with Dr Rohit so when I went and I met him I said that thank you very much for being a part of this journey and I want to stop here I've 
I've been on this journey and possibly it won't work for me. I've seen many couples for whom IVF hasn't worked. So I just figured that I was one of them. And just on the passing, I mentioned that I had an autoimmune disorder. Okay, I had high IgE in my blood, which are allergens in your blood. It was then that he told me, why didn't you tell me this before? And there are some things that you don't even think worth mentioning. You know, it doesn't occur to you. It's something you know since you were 13 and it doesn't occur that it could have a negative impact on conception. But that's when he told me that for my sake, I want you to try the last time. And I did it for his sake. And that's when I conceived. That's so insightful. Yeah. So amazing. Yeah. That you finally decided to give it a shot after listening to him. Yeah, because then he put me on medications that uh, got me pregnant. And then you can't keep anything from your doctor. You have yeah. to mention every little Even detail. if you've fallen down and bruised a knee when you were in school, you must tell that to your doctor. You, may, you don't know what can have an implication on your treatment protocol. To shed some light on the journey post-delivery also. Yeah, so that's, oh my God. So, firstly, you try naturally to conceive. You don't get through. Then you understand what you need after that. So you go to an ART doctor or an infertility specialist. Then you try many times and then you conceive. There's that exhilaration and excitement. And then it suddenly dawns on you that, oh my God, I've got nine months ahead of me. This has been such a journey. It's been turbulent. It's been highs and lows and emotionally, financially, whatever. But then you're suddenly at this juncture when the doctor tells you that you're pregnant. There are many myths about IVF that you may not have normal children. They may not be uh, very intelligent. Mm -hmm. They may have some anatomical defect. But um, let me tell you that today I have a child who's six plus. She's a girl. She's monstrous and she's bubbling with energy. So and she's doing very well in school. So Please, please do not think. There are many advanced tests for your doctor to do if he thinks that you, your embryo may not be clinically normal or morphologically it may not be okay. So there are many tests he will do. Just put your entire trust and faith on your doctor. At NOVA, they take care of everything. So you, you, know, you don't need to even worry about the clinical side of your treatment. You just think about yourself and your partner. Be happy and go ahead with the process. And with these advanced testings, yeah. you're able to determine whether your child Absolutely. will have uh, any problem Absolutely. or not. But I'm glad to hear about your daughter. What is your daughter's name? Her name is Ira. And it means the first breath of life. What are her little quirks? Oh, she's very, uh, she's a big foodie. She's a glutton like her mother. <laughs> and uh, she loves drawing. She loses herself when she's dancing. And she's one of the brightest sparks in my life. That's that's so heartwarming. That's so sweet. Um, Ipshita, now, uh, lastly, what would be your message for people who are just starting out their journey or who are in the journey and have somewhere lost uh, faith or, you know, need some help? What would be your message to them coming from a person who has gone through this? Firstly, let hope guide you towards hope, uh, Simrat. You cannot lose hope. That's the first thing you have to be prepared for. Then finding the right place and the right physician is very crucial. 
it stand the minute i walked into nova i knew this was the place that would take me home you know so i knew because everybody was on the job even the front desk manager knew what she was doing right up to dr rohit everybody knew about my case history nobody had everything was filed everything was properly kept all my test reports were with them what i had forgotten they knew mm. i was uh, even asked to witness my embryo growing in a petri dish so they have something called an embryoscope where i could actually see my embryo growing they have something like an imc that my husband needed you know where they magnify a sperm 7000 times to pick out the best among 20 million sperms mm. so when you come to nova you know you've come to the best place with the best infrastructure at least in my knowledge because i have researched on very many clinics but i'm sure other clinics too are doing their best nowadays and uh, the infrastructure is great technology is great doctors are great so what are we waiting for thank you ipshita for coming forward and sharing your story with us and the listeners most welcome simrat to our listeners thank you for tuning into fertility tales powered by nova ivf please remember every story is unique and you are not alone in your journey you have help and also these stories are so important and so rare that they need to be shared with the people who require the right help and information so please don't forget to like share and subscribe to fertility tales powered by nova ivf this is your host simrat signing off thank you